You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, and welcome to this week's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. This week, we are talking to the guys at NAB. Uh, of course, I have uh, the man himself, Jason Wingrove. How are you, sir? Hello. How are we? I'm good. I'm windblown, chapped lips, hungover, sore legs, but uh, yes. Where in the world I'm are you? Loving it. Where in the I world? I in a hotel. Uh, just finished uh, Wednesday, day three. Got another half a day tomorrow okay. to do the show. And we're also joined on the line by a special guest who I don't think has been on the RC before. Uh, oh, actually, you have, but only from a remote location once again. It's uh, John Montgomery, but you're in LA now, having got back from NAB, right? Yep, I'm back uh, yesterday after uh, helping the Foundry with their live streaming. You know, we've done that in the past, as you know, with the FX Guide, but this year we were just kind of serving as advisors, and but also just a great way to get some insights into uh, what's going on in the show as well. So uh, I guess I wasn't there. I don't know anything but what was uh, published uh, by you guys, and I was following you on Twitters and stuff, but it seems to me, uh, Jason, that this was the show where everyone kept on re-releasing Red Ones. Did we need more Red Ones? <laughs> Ah, oh dear. Well, I guess it's always good to have red ones that actually have a non, you know, have codecs we actually uh, can easily use for the red pop, ones the with, can... with iPads stuck on the side of them. It seemed like. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that was that takes us to the pretty much the top of the show. Nine thirty in the morning, uh, first day as as Blackmagic like to do, open the show with a bang. And uh, I mean, they made a few a few interesting announcements, but their their big one was the uh, the Ursa camera or cameras. Uh, which I, I presume people may or may not have seen by now, but it's an interesting concept of uh, an departure from their fairly unergonomic thus far cameras to something that actually may actually fit on your shoulder. Um, Does it uh, have a... Um, I, I, I joked about having a fold-out mini iPad on the side of it. Does it oh, also it have an eyepiece? It has a freaking huge fold-out monitor that is almost a comedy monitor. Uh, <laughs> you I mean, use it as a prompter, but... But, but hang on, does it also have an eyepiece, or is this the only thing I can use the film with? You can uh, probably have an SDI. You can put your own view, bring your own viewfinder. I guess it is definitely that is its own. Uh, but the thing is, quite impressive. And John, I'm sure you'd agree. Looking at it, I mean, apart, the, I think its main fault. Well, there's, there's okay, there's two or three faults, but its main sort of first impression fault is, uh, or like if you call it a fault, is the huge comedy jumbo ears uh, fold out. Um, LCD. Of course, you have the option to just fold that in and then, to, or flip it round back on itself, or just fold it in and use your own onboard monitor. But uh, it, um, apart from that, it's it's very, it seems very well designed. They've got rid of a lot of some of the, the you could say issues or bugbears with the original, the the uh, other quirky original um, uh, production cameras. Oh, it, it has monitors all over it. When you flip, when you lift that uh, monitor out, there's another monitor inside. Um, and quite beautifully done UI. They have all the time code there, your histograms, audio levels. There's pretty much you know you, the full setup of the camera. And on the opposite side, uh, on I guess you could call the dumb side or the assistant side, or, or on the non-assistant side, is the um, similar similar thing. So everyone can have it. You can and you can kind of swap all the modes of these monitors around. So you can make the interior one be more. Uh, like uh, assistance mode, the outside monitor, you could set it up, say, as being more of a sound department mode. It has full-on actual tactile 
sound level buttons. Can I, can I actually display XLR. the picture on the other side? So, for example, yes, you can put yes, you can put the the, oh, the, really? the shooting picture. I think on I've certainly seen it on the outside monitor, but I'm sure you can. I'm sure they make it great, great for photos. On anyone. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, and uh, it's, it's only the, like six grand, right? Yep, it is. Now, the, the other, its other trick is that it's, it has four uh, flavors, um, like a B4 small one. Uh, it has EF mount. It has PL mount, and I think there's one other. I don't have it. That I don't have it quite with me. The uh, HDMI quite one with it. Uh, it's well. Yeah, the issues I think will be interesting to see how they resolve, or if they solve them before this comes out. I think in June. Um, I also say I'm going to say that it has four flavors, but it, uh, one of the other flavors is an actually non-camera camera where it just has a, ba- a backing plate at the where, where a lens might be or a mount might be, and you can put your use it as a 4K record, a very big shoulder um, shoulder mounted for recorder and have uh, you know with all its audio controls and things I guess and then turn a DSLR into something a little bit more usable if not a hell of a lot more bulky um, uh, and uh, you can ascend, they say swap out these mounts they basically should be user swappable I would love to see how easy that is in the real world I'm sure there's nothing uh, uh, inconsequential about that technology um, on, a, on a red epic, if I swap the mount, I don't touch the sensor. Is this swapping the sensor correct. and the mount, or this just is, the mount? Yes, the sensor and the mount come away as a separate uh, block together. So when you, it's essentially a swappable mount sensor combo. So you could go to B4, so you can go to a smaller sensor with a more um, a two thirds say sensor with a, a B4 like a uh, ENG size lens mount, or go to the EF mount. Uh, yes, the sensor comes uh, comes off with 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 the block. It's all meant to come away. Well, so what they're saying is essentially the performance of the camera or the frame rate of the camera, its capabilities uh, are paired to the sensor itself. The, the body, they say, is a growing platform. It's something they want to build on. It, they, the, the brain, the body itself, is something that they say is very powerful and more than capable of consuming whatever they throw at it. And it's only limited by the sensor, by what the sensor can send it. So I guess there is a forward looking to, you know, improve sensor, uh, improve the sensor itself as more, you know, technology uh, comes to light or a larger sensor or a super or a full frame or something in the future. None of that was flagged, by the way, but definitely they want to see it as a growing platform and, and, and give it something that has legs. The faults, I think, and maybe John, you saw it as well, but I, the faults I can, or potential issues I'd love to see how we're going to solve going forward is this uses the same sensor as the uh, Blackmagic, right. the 4K Blackmagic cinema camera, which I've heard a few reports of being incredibly noisy, uh, almost unusably so, perhaps at um, 1800, uh, 800 ISO, not, not wow. very large ISO for it to be almost unusable at that ISO because it's, uh, you know, this is, I think, part of the reason they may have had the delays in this camera in the first place. Uh, and yes, this is going to be using that same sensor. Uh, which I find unusual, but uh, and the other thing, they can upgrade uh, the sensor. And I don't think, yeah, and I don't think uh, I didn't spot it anywhere, John. I don't think you did. There was never any one of these cameras was there for you to pick up. Uh, and no. I think there's a there was uh, as someone did actually try and do it. We found out why that it is incredibly heavy. <laughs> That's hey, um, I hear. John, does but this I, look like an updated P two that we but with an interchangeable well, lens? 
No, I mean, no, I mean, still an odd form factor and, and or unusual form factor, I guess you could say. Um, I, I actually, I don't, I don't know if you're done with that, Jason, but I would kind of contrast that with the AJ camera because I yes. think that provides an interesting counterpoint to what Black Magic has done. And Jeff and I actually attended the uh, news announcement of that and could not help but notice that they basically ticked the boxes. I believe very much in comparison and contrast to the previous Blackmagic camera. And I think it w as well, knocking a bit on uh, Epic uh, and Red as well. Uh, if you take a look at uh, AJ's uh, camera, the Scion, it's much more in a traditional broadcast format. It looks and acts, it seems to act much more like something that, say, ENG or broadcasters are going to use or have used in the past with a, a sensible viewfinder, for instance, a form factor with, you know, a shoulder mount, which they jokingly mentioned uh, regarding. And that's as well about as $9,000, John, the, the yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, right at nine. Um, it's and not it has bad, is it? It's standard okay. battery packs, standard connectors, mm. audio connectors on the side, as well as some interesting twists on it. Um, I, it. It's kind of amusing because what we're seeing here is, I think, really similar to what a lot of the online companies are doing. It's like, okay, so you have Apple making hardware and they have software. Google has software while well, they're making hardware. Well, you see that with Blackmagic. You know, their camera is feeding a chain of further use down the line and their broadcast switchers and things like that. And you're seeing that with AJ now as well. I yeah, think. hang on. Um, we make post stuff. Why don't we make yeah. cameras too? <laughs> exactly. Well, well, exactly. Does there any idea on the ISO on that camera, if that's a weak spot on the Blackmagic? I don't think it's a weak spot from memory. I don't think it's a weak spot on this camera at, at all. I think what will be... The main thing will be will be the proof of the pudding when we see this thing built. Is it noisy? What's its dynamic range like? Regardless of what the specs of the dynamic range are, what does it actually look like? Does it? It can be crappy dynamic range, but if it does the right, you know, if it might, it does the right thing with the bits, then it'll be a winner. I'd love to see how noisy it's going to now, now Jace, uh, or not. There was rumours that this was going to be shipping in two years. Tell me that isn't true. <laughs> That's not going to be shipping in two years. I think they it's not said, shipping in two years. It's no, it's summer, John. A couple of months or something, John. It's, it's in it? the summer. Yeah, it's summer 2014. Okay. They say so. I mean, we'll see if that happens. We've heard that obviously before from other manufacturers or things <laughs> like that. Other manufacturers, right? But uh, there's some interesting things in it. You know, it uses the same uh, kind of uh, SSD pack the rest of the uh, AJA um, material does or uh, goods do. It's got a web interface. Uh, so you can actually see things and control all the settings on the camera, which is kind of interesting, uh, actually. Yeah. It's got a Thunderbolt connector to output the um, AJA RAW uh, that it can record as well, in addition to recording it there. So I don't know. They've, they've actually hit some interesting points. Obviously, the first camera from any company, you've got to uh, kind of, uh, you know, cock your head out and go, hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, I, I think that they're, 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 it seems sensible in the way that they have tried to uh, fix some of the concerns from some of the Definitely. other camera. Newer, I guess. The one on the show was technology. a bit clunky. I thought there's yep. a few buttons were a bit mushy and it felt a little bit tiny, a bit plasticky. The screen, that little screen on the side, could actually also display the um, the content uh, vision, but it didn't look very good at all, and the buttons didn't illuminate. So if, in, in a dark stage, you couldn't even see what you you can see once you pressed it what it is, but by then it's too late. You've already pressed it. So little tiny little things. The audio level meters are, could light up a room. They are so bright. Same with Black Magic. So I don't know. There's a few little tiny things, but hey, this is yep. much closer for for a for a first camera 
pretty bloody impressive. How do they all compare on sensor sizes? Like if you look this, uh, an Epic, uh, this and the uh, like Magic. This is just Super 35. It's uh, APS-C, yep. I think. So same as the Ursa from Black Magic. Right, which is smaller than the Epic, right? Yes, a, a, Epic is AP. Twenty-six. No, Epic is yeah, slightly this is twenty-one. Dragon is like APS-H. Yeah. So one step, well, you know, one a little step bigger. But so you know, for a first for a first camera out of the out of the blocks, it's bloody close. But okay, so if you had months, if you had eight or nine grand to spend, do either of these get you excited? Do either of these get you out of bed? Uh, well, I think I definitely want to see what this looks like. It's one. I think we've seen. Yeah, you know, from from Black Magic, we saw some. There was some some missteps in the in the imagery at first, and even shipped uh, with misstepped imagery. It seems a little bit, and they fixed things up with a bit of firmware. I definitely want to see. I want to see how it looks. That I don't think. Did you see any footage, John, on your launch? I did not. No. Yeah. So that's you know, a little bit of a tiny, time. tiny little red flag. You know, <laughs> you know, they've built it, but they're not going to show what it how it looks. So. It's kind of the point of a camera. Um, <laughs> well, at the same time, there is a danger, I would say, in releasing it too soon. If they are working through things, you know, yeah, you're yeah. very much a critical bunch, and uh, and uh, and rightly so. So I think I think there is a danger if they don't feel it's right. That's probably a sensible move. Was yeah, there? I think this. I got the impression on the floor that they were still nutting out what the top frame rates would be. But I did think I think, and and I think even then we were mentioning, well, why doesn't it do this in this mode? And they go, hmm, yes, good idea. We'll make a note. So I think that they're still kind of. Still, sort of simmering down what what it's going to be. So, so in camera 14. terms, we didn't see anything new from Ari, did we? No. In Canon no. terms, did we see anything new? No. And in red terms, we didn't see anything new. Mm, camera wise, no, not so much. So uh, uh, there's a black. There, I think there's a monochrome, monochrome, monochrome dragon. Was that new? Chrome dragon. I think there's a dragon. I think there is, in fact, a dragon. Um, you know, uh, baby epic, you know, like a, but, you know, nothing substantially new, you know? Yes, no, no. A like a nice Scarlet Dragon version, effectively. Yeah, a few nice accessories, which, you know, are shipping soon, in inverted commas. What but, about Sony? Know, uh, yeah, nothing up the high end of town, but uh, as expected, uh, or, or it was much rumoured before the show, the Alpha 7S, which is the slightly more video, well, the Alpha 7R or the A7R camera with the co video codec it should have had, um, putting uh, a ABC XABCS, which is the slightly more but still quite very tasty um, domestic version of XABC, uh, 4K out clean out, but not 4K internal recording. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll do uh, 1080 up to um, 60 frames a second, and then it will do 720p up to 1200, which I think is all all quite usable in in a very small pocket camera. I owned the A7R and utterly absolutely loved it. Uh, I did own. It. I hear you say so. You I did own it of? until I knew this was coming, and I uh -huh. flicked it. And uh, I stand by this. About in two months. Rumored to be two and a half, two grand. The price of the, the previous camera, the A7R, has been dropping almost every five minutes. So, uh, yes, this is definitely expected to be well under three grand, and so it should be. But a very nice, capable. Now with this new codec, a very capable little tiny um, 
potential. It can it can for a lot of jobs apart from the 4K department, it can out it can do just as good a job as I think as a 1DC in or a 5D Mark III. And you know it has a it has an electronic viewfinder with peaking in it, so it's already got one you know there's one less piece of gear you need to buy if you're gonna than if you were going to go for a DSLR and you can literally just hold it in your hand and get those three points of contact and, and use it, you know. I guess the same as the GH4, you know, any of those other little cameras, but uh, for this to be full frame as well, this is uh, definitely a win. Now that we've got this good codec on it, done, sold, give it to me, bring it on. Two months. Before we get on to lenses and other things and certainly all the gadgets that you tend to find at the show, I do want to flag how amazed I was to see the Sintel Telecine for 29995 I mean, I used to work on the company Sintel's. uh, We used to work at Sintel in England and we made Telecines that were worth like half a million dollars or a million dollars kind of level. And to have something for $30,000 that's wall-mounted, that as small as it is, obviously we don't shoot a lot of film anymore. But man, that purchase by uh, Blackmagic of Sintel, good lord, what a piece of engineering! Beautiful thirty thousand dollar Bang and Olufsen CD player. Yeah, I mean, it really <laughs> is a beautiful thing. If you had a reason to run film, oh my god, they did miss a step though. But I was hoping for the equally awesome, the Bang and Olufsen, you know, wave your hand in front of it and the doors open, so Star Trek style. I think that was a bit of a misstep. I also but, applaud yeah. the fact that on a booth they stick up the price on the board. You know, like everybody else sort of like, well, come and yeah. see us about pricing. Yeah. They, just, they just well, stick it up the there. This is how much it is. You mm. know, we're open. We're not going to be yeah. playing silly buggers. I, I applaud them for doing Considering that. Considering not just the reduction in the price, but I'm sure we can all remember the, the days of when it was a telecine. There'd be an entire room with a time man to tweak it and run it. Oh, and yeah. it had, you had to have its own... Uh, you know, industrial strength air conditioning to keep it uh, to keep it well, and, and, clean a, and a tube that had like an inch of optically perfect yeah. glass in the front of it. It was a massive, you know, multi multi million dollar. I'm sure for the actual Ursa, oddly the original, you know, yeah. all those uh, the old the old things took up a room and cost as much as a house. Hey, um, so like moving on to to other gear, and maybe I. Hey, I, I, speaking of moving on, I've got to get out. My clients came earlier. But, oh, Jason, okay. make sure you guys talk okay. about the Crone stuff because both of us, I mean, I went and saw that at Mike's request and just seeing it in person, really very much an eye-opener. So The, uh, the Slider um, Plus. And slider, slider Plus, plus yes. Pro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And its modules. Yes. Indeed. Absolutely. Well, and, so uh, I, did, you, did you see the other little thing they had? Uh, lots of little other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a video there. Anyway, yeah, we shall do that. Okay. Yeah, so, sorry, doing, so, sorry, guys. I got to hit the road. Okay, thanks, John. Thanks, guys. So, uh, so, Jace, the thing that um, that uh, let's discuss that right now. The thing that I sent uh, John to see was the uh, you and I sort of talked about it earlier. I expressed an interest that I wanted to have a slider that was able mm, to mm. Uh, go around in an arc, and I was toying yeah. with this, and this led to the uh, sort of what was I going to do, and then we came up with this uh, idea. Well, maybe we could go with a slider that actually had repositioning rather than being a curved track and uh yeah. and that was what um i sent john to look at do you want to just explain further what you saw there 
Well, I think we talked uh, last episode at the uh, of the uh, slider plus the module. So I mean, the, the system is they have this slider, they have this kind of compound slider which we've talked about before. I think it came out at last NEB. Mm. Uh, not entirely new, but they have two versions of that, and one is like the slider plus pro, which is a very much more, although it doesn't weigh much more, a very much more robust and better built and much more solid and less flex in it version. Uh, but f- to fit on both of them, they have these modules. One is the uh, target module, which does the point tracking, which we've talked about. Basically, the thing with both of them, all the modules are very similar, uh, and they are all work the same way, which is fracking easily. Literally has like a little tiny little jog wheel and a tiny little display. You don't need much information because it doesn't ask much of you. Uh, just with the little jog wheel and uh, you can set the position and so it's basically a, mo- a motor that bolts onto the side very easily onto the side of the of the slider and you can um, find an aid point, position it, I think you have to tell it the distance from its subject and then easily, literally in like two or three clicks you are doing beautiful nodal, nodal pans uh, it's, it's stunning stuff and you're not fixed to, you know, you're not, you are not um, as with some of the other ones that we've seen, some of the nodal, nodal sliders, you are not um, locked into what your subject distance is. You don't have to set it up at a certain distance. You can just tell it wherever you like, and it, and it works out the, the geometry and does it beautifully and beautifully smoothly. Um, I, I was so impressed with this, I asked John to buy me one. Um, yes. Are you getting one? I, I am definitely definitely getting one. Uh, the, what impressed me was... Uh, also seeing the pro version and they had one there on a decent set of sticks you still need a good decent tripod but they had a, an epic with a zoom and a you know reasonable size head size heads on this thing and you know it was it was the, the extra large which is only maybe about five or six hundred wide mil wide but it, it tracks well over it tracks like a meter long it's it's impressive and even out of its extremities it's quite strong quite stable and uh, the, the one plus we've mentioned in the past with these sliders is that because they are this compound, like the ends, the ends of the slider move as you move, it's always just that little bit more out of your frame than a normal slider. You're mm-hmm. always battling it, especially if, obviously if you're sliding in and out. Uh, you, there's only so far you can slide back before you start seeing the end. The slider, you know, like, yeah. It's like a dolly before you start seeing the end of your tracks. Uh, so if your track starts rolling itself up under you as you track back, it's... <laughs> It's pretty easy to see the um, the advantage advantage of that. The other module which we talked about last time, which was the tra- the um, time, I think it's called the craft module, which is the time lapse module. Uh, and equally, to see that in in to operate that and set that up in person easily, and you know, ask you the simple questions: how how long are we want? How long do you want to spend shooting? Uh, how long do you want your end video to be? What is your final playback uh, frames per second? Uh, and, and then it tells you what your maximum shutter speed is, so it, it will it will work out what those intervals are, and it'll say, well, I'm doing that one. I'm going to be doing a shot every thirty seconds, so you know your maximum exposure cannot be. Just make sure a little gives you a little warning. Make sure your because it's triggering the camera, right? It's triggering, uh, triggering the camera shutter. So uh, it's just warning you: don't make the shutter speed any longer than the, than its interval time. And yeah. off it goes. And also, I think it also you can have like a you know, like a sleep timer. Basically, you can say don't start this move for another two hours or so. 
Yeah. So you can set it to start before sunrise and do its own thing, and I actually went you're going to end the, up with the right size movie. I went for the target module and the wizard module. So the wizard right. module allows it to move up and down the length of the slider while the target module is aiming at the same place <clears throat> and just bounce backwards and forwards and right. be a fully automated the system. Other module, so the craft module, the one you're talking about, is the time-lapse yeah. module. I didn't get that. Um, yes. But each of these modules we're talking about clips on the end of the slider and... Uh, you can obviously only have two of the possible, I think, three because there's only two ends of the slider, but it yeah. does provide you with an enormous amount of thing. I, I wonder, you know, with the wizard, whether it's going to be accurate enough that we can do a motion control type um, effect. I mean, if it was, that would be spectacular. Uh, with with which portal module? Well, because with the wizard and the target, I could set it up and I could do a pass yeah. I could move to a different point in the set and do a second pass, I could move to a different point in the set and do a third pass, and if those right. passes all did line up oh, properly, I could I mean, do their a motors are very screen. accurate. Yeah. They make of the, uh, an advantage, they say, of the craft module, the time-lapse module, because the motor in that is so fine and so accurate and that's so, so incremental uh, that they say you can actually use it as a real-time macro uh, slider. You can do such minuscule moves that you don't see the pulse of the motors you don't even on your tiniest macro shot like tracking over a watch or something you don't see you don't see you know you don't feel you don't see the motor pulsing you don't feel the tooths in the belt or any of that stuff it's just a very smooth ultra you know microscopic uh, perfect for uh, you know fine work or jewelry or any of that sort of stuff it's very very hard in a slider it's very that's the other thing the other thing with these sliders is it is I mean you've got other models, and I've got other models of slider, but you just put your hand on this. It is, it is so easy to do a nice, smooth, uh, a smart, smooth move. You know, that's the other thing. A lot of the mm. times when you're doing a slider move, you've got to do five, six, seven takes because you bump it or yes. you slow down in the middle or you, it, you, oh, you hit a little bit of dust and off it goes and it goes a bit faster. And uh, I mucked I, I around this thing forever. I couldn't, it's very, it's hard and it's hard to do a lumpy move. Uh, but they also just, had another type of slider there that, that I had never heard of before. Oh, that yes, was it's very cool. And that's what very I think cool. you were hinting at with, with John yes. a moment ago. Yes, it's, uh, I'm trying to think. It's, it's got it's a name. Made. It is called the... Uh, I'll put up a couple of links that Jason yeah, shot on his iPhone on the website. Um, now, I think it was a bold move that you went without an actual camera to film anything with, but you clearly were filming with your iPhone. But uh, yes. we have a couple of iPhone videos of this thing in operation, which you kind of need because it's... It's hard to describe. It's, it's like a scissor action kind of slider. Yeah, it's really. It's almost like if you imagine the like a knuckle boom that might you know the uh, sort of front end loader that might d dig a you know dig a hole in in the dirt. Uh, you know that sort of angled knuckle basically that can position anywhere in a straight line, but it's geared together beautifully. So literally, you just can. It's a slider that um, I guess is is on an arm and it folds back. It's like a like a pantograph thing, I guess, a little bit. Like the extra sketch. Extra sketch? No. Yes, What's yes, the... I remember that. Yes. So what we're talking about That's is that the that the arm no. goes up vertically rather than horizontally. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, what well, that would be sketch, other one. Sketchmatic or whatever. Sketchograph. But hey, sketch so what we're talking about is an arm that goes up vertically and the camera uh, it goes up and it comes back down again. Um, so it's a scissor action, it goes straight up, straight down. But when you mount the camera on the outside arm, as you move it left or right, of course, uh, as it's a scissor, it extends out left or right, but at the same time, it's going down or up 
and so the net effect is the camera remains level yes. as the um, scissor point of the pivot goes up or down, so the camera is going further out or in. Yes. And that gives yes. you an incredibly uh, intriguing kind of slider because instead of moving mm. the camera like you would sort of imagine you would, you're kind of moving this uh, scissor arm. It's very quirky. Is it, is it heavy? Minuses, How though. heavy is it? No, no, when it, it folds right up on itself, literally. So it's, um, it's, very, it's very light. Uh, it's very, very modular. It folds right up. The pluses and there's some pluses and the minuses because of just you know the, the the action it's doing. It's very easy for it to bind up and and not be smooth if it's got too heavy a camera. So, but it's more suited to your smaller smaller DSLRs, um, like maybe GH4s or like oh, okay. pocket cameras. Uh, but uh, it's uh, interesting. Intriguingly, you can actually mount it. It has a bracket to be able to mount it on 90 degrees, so you can actually do the same move like vertically. So you could literally oh. could track could track up a wall or so. The other minus, uh, I, I guess, but, you know, I guess it, it, if you, it's um, horses for courses, uh, probably need to have both of these items. But the, I guess the minus is the fact that because the arm is extending out and extended in, extending in, at some point you're going to see, if you, do, if you, if you go both sides of, of the arm, at some stage you will see your photograph, your photograph, your... Uh, you know your photograph, your rig. So it's it's better suited to uh, lateral moves where you're looking. You know you're not right. looking along the move. You're looking slightly. You're tracking along with something rather than towards or away from it. Uh, but it, literally, it's it's very clever. I'm sure once they finalise it and it's a final product, I think it's not shipping yet. I think it's going to be about five or six hundred bucks, and I think it's a couple of months away. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll try and post this video somehow, or we'll put it. Um, or I'm sure they've probably got a video on there. They're very good with their videos, so they've hopefully got one on their website by now. But very cool. So, of all the uh, gadgets think, uh, that you uh, saw at the show, so I think it's called the Wing. Okay. Of all the yeah. gadgets you saw at the show, was there any one that particularly took your attention? I know that you were posting something about a follow focus. Was that yeah, the extremely? Yes, very much so, very much. And uh, it's called Andra, and I know John uh, had seen it too. We were all, everyone was quite blown away. Uh, boy, it took me a, a few explanations uh, from the guy on the stand uh, to <laughs> to get my head around it. Um, uh, but I got there in the end. Uh, let me just get the photos up in front of me if I can. I'm looking at them as we speak, and it there, there's a, a woman holding a what looks like a, almost like a large microphone that you would use as a lapel mic. I mean, it's yeah, like that so kind of small... Firstly, firstly, got to say thanks to Paul McCurdy, McCurdy who uh, was on the show floor there. He's from from Cinema Control Laboratories. He is uh, a uh, he listened to the show and spotted me and, and knew me, so it was he was very happy to do the demo. Okay, it's a, basically it's a follow focus lens control, but if you if you imagine morphing a follow focus uh, a wireless focus control, morphing it with kind of mocap technology, whereby you have like an irradiating source and you have a sense somewhat the actor. Or actress object holds or wears a sensor. In this case of this uh, actress, she had actually had a little tiny sensor taped to the back of her neck. Now she could she could um, walk towards me at a reasonable pace on an 85 mil lens, wide open, with the magnifier on on an Epic, and it was damn close. It was damn close. I mean, this is not again. This is not necessarily designed to. And they admit this is not designed to replace the craft of, of a focus puller. But there's some shots and some projects and some concepts where this could really uh, save the day. So it's, now, 
it's getting sensor information yep. and you it's it to tell it how different how far, much far further forward your eyes are from the sensor on the back of your neck or you can mount it anyway you can mount it right. on top of your head or whatever you like um so you can have multiple sensors. You basically wear a little little tiny backpack or you could wear it on your ankle or you've got to hide it there somewhere. And that goes to the little – so it's a backpack on your belt. Like, like the size of an iPhone, right? Yes, yes, indeed. Like a little wireless mic backpack. Yeah. Uh, and then you have this little cube in the room somewhere, this irradiating cube which put, sends out electric – uh and yeah basically and sends all that information and it maps and uh calculates it back to back to the lens motor you use a standard lens motor there's nothing fancy about that you just use a standard good quality nice fast lens motor um and the it has this beautiful uh ipad control um uh, facility you don't have to have the ipad there but what it lets you do is uh because you can you can track the focus to any of these little sensors uh, and you can then tell it tell that you can with the iPad you can tell the camera which sensor to track. So just simply mm -hmm. by tapping tapping buttons like one, two, or three buttons on the very good user interface on the iPad, you can snap focus, bang, back to three, back to one. So there's a video again. We'll have to try and post these uh, a video of her holding this little sensor, um, and uh, I could literally tap one, two, one, two, and it will whip whip focus super accurately from her eyes to the uh, sensor now she, to the sensor in her hand now she could walk towards me as this happened this 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 is the kind of stuff that does your head in as a focus puller uh, you got two marks and they're both coming towards you and you want to pull focus between the two of them she's walking towards me and literally as she comes forward I can go point one point two point one point two and she can literally even be moving the sensor in her hand around and it will obviously compensate for all of that stuff so it can it one of the pluses it just can think faster than you can it moves faster than you can think than the average uh, a, you know human can can start to get their head around the concept of focus um, uh, it's still the interesting thing about this is this is kind of a startup it's not a Kickstarter or anything. This is a, co a bit of a collective of NASA programmers and physicists and and, bank and uh, backers. And they don't themselves still quite know what the applications are, but I saw some damn cool shots. They put a sensor inside a Pelican case uh, and they threw it across the floor. And the camera, because <laughs> it can sense the sensor inside things, it doesn't have to visually see it. It can be inside it was inside a Pelican case with their logo on it, and they skidded along the floor about 20 feet along, uh, right up towards the lens, and it was pin sharp all the way. Um, uh, oh, cool. They are not sure what the what the applications are. They're not even sure what their target market is. Is it aerospace? Is it is it military? Is it is it um, filmmaking? I mean, they're here to try and get feedback and work out what it is. They can't necessarily tell us what it's going to cost. They can't necessarily tell us what it's going to ship like or what it's fit, what it's going to ship, how much, when it's going to come out. They're here to bounce it off the industry and see what people think. So it's a very open and interesting way to approach things. And it was, well, I think it was one of the, well, it was pretty much one of the coolest uh, things out there. But it was one of those things, again, that I probably walked past twice and I'd seen the video, their video on, online uh, a few weeks ago and it didn't quite make sense. Uh, but yeah, you have to go there, get the tour, see the thing in your hands um, and it made more sense. So. Yeah, intriguing. It's called Andra, and I guess Andra.com, I'm not sure, actually. Was there a lot of um, camera mount stuff? Because uh, like, obviously, 
a certain, uh, how can I put this? Repl- well, not even a replacement, really. An option versus Steadicam was the highlight of the show last year. I'm yes. assuming that there were a lot of clone movies. There was a ton. There was a ton of of <laughs> a ton of Moby and three and three axis gimbals. A lot of them. And a lot of people are improving things. They're making things great. No one's anyone. No one's really doing completely um, reinventing the wheel. But I think the people who clearly had the jump on things last year, Moby, who really you know did the game changer and in inverted yeah. comp. Um, have really perfected their their rig this time around. The rigs themselves haven't changed much, but the accessories around them have done a brilliant job. Uh, in the notes, there's a shot of uh, a controller, a new handheld controller that um, that Movi have. Uh, just trying to find, get it in front of me. I've got uh, that shot, yeah, with a with yeah, a joystick. It looks like literally looks like the kind of control panel you would have if you were. Um, using a space cam or any kind of gyro stabilized gimbal out of a helicopter focus iris uh where those servos are a nice big fat joystick uh little pan little pot trim pots to be able to adjust the sensitivity of things and physical flip switches to be able to reverse motors or reverse directions of joysticks all physics designed to give you a hands-on uh uh a hands-on, uh, you know, a hands-on sense mm. of the camera rather than having to bury yourselves in menus or work out what was the previous thing was a, you know, a basically a radar-controlled aircraft controller, uh, and it's designed to hold the monitor. and And, and this is about three and a half thousand dollars for this rig, so this will fit, uh, from my understanding, existing existing movies, and yeah, give you a lot of give you a lot of freedom and give you a much more filmmaking control of, of focus iris and things and rather than just, you know, a piece of uh, hobby equipment. So that was very cool. The other little attachment they had was almost like, you know, like a fig rig, basically. Uh, instead of this classic gimbal arrangement of, you know, a cross pole and then two poles to hold onto your hands, they had su- what was surprisingly good and comfortable and interesting and flexible. They basically had a carbon fiber ring, like if you anyone knows right. the fig rig. It's like a fig rig. Yeah. Uh, Mike Figgis invented it, a uh, British director. Uh, a carbon fiber ring, basically, which the Movi sat in and, and pivoted around, and you could like you could undersling it, top sling it, you could you could walk your hands up and down the thing, so you could hold it from above. It gave basically gave you multiple ways to hold the thing um, without being restricted by uh, you know where those handles are fixed for you. So it was actually always more flexible and a bit more comfortable to use, and it's interesting. I'm going to see. Um, yeah, uh, people should check that out. I think that that's coming soon, or or, or is shipping shortly because it's pretty simple to make. The uh, controller is a couple of months away, I think, or, or soonish, and yeah, around about three or three and a half or so grand. Beautifully done. So at the top end, one of the great things about NAB is you actually have a proper show floor that they can. You know, we we were playing with uh, cranes and all sorts of you know fun stuff one yeah. year, and I, I noticed that you came across what has to be about the coolest shoot vehicle dune buggy sci-fi mad max hello your prop is ready kind of (laughs) vehicle what the heck was that jace it was a quad bike with um well this was on the movie stand actually um oh are you talking about the um uh the um cineflex yeah, the Cineflex high def. Um, yeah, it was basically a bit like of, putting a helicopter yeah, mount off like, the front of a dune buggy. 
Yes, exactly. Basically, one of those flexible, uh, flexible mounts, choppers, whatever you like. But uh, beautifully kitted out onto a nice quad bike. It was gorgeous to look at. It was a piece of art in itself, uh, and just the ability to with hard, hard, hard mounts on front and back, and uh, of, of the quad bike, and you know, all kitted out with all all the you know Pelican cases, all 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 weatherproofed, all embedded in inside the truck. Yeah, clearly, this is like a rental item. This is not something that necessarily is coming to the local, to your local, uh, to your local uh, camera rental place. Uh, this is a bit of a bespoke item. But, and they, uh, had a, they had a rig off the front and the back, right? It wasn't. Yeah. 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 So they yeah. had a, uh, effectively a chopper mount kind of um, Cineflex rig at the front and at the back, which I just thought was, I mean, that just looked so gorgeous. I mean, I would just, uh, <laughs> it was just. Uh, yeah. The coolest toy I think yeah, I saw it off. It was sensational. Um, uh, a couple of other things. Let me think. Uh, oh, um, a couple of nice things from from interesting things from from Wooden Camera. Our friends at Wooden Camera. They're doing a PL mount for the Blackmagic Cinema Camera. Now, this is something where they will actually need to take your Blackmagic camera and will uh, put a PL mount on it. Uh, interesting that the mount once they put the mount on. Uh, it is the same bolt pattern as the red mount, the red lens mount. So any, uh, once you've had this modification done, any of the, the four bolt um, epic titanium or aluminium mounts that, that the red cell will fit on, will fit on, will fit on this mount that they make. Hmm. Uh, for, you know, for some of the cameras, it's it, it, it definitely something that they have to do because particularly with some of the, with the active, with the active mounts on, on, uh, like the EF mounts, they have to disengage all of that stuff basically because it's a physical and an electronic hack, I guess. But beautifully done, and you know, I don't think anyone's don't think anyone's really doing that. Uh, what else we talked about? What else is there? Follow like? focuses and stuff. Uh, yes, there was there was a few other people, a couple a couple of vendors doing uh, their own uh, wireless three channel uh, wireless kits. Movcam and Tilter, uh, two uh, Chinese, uh, basically mainly, mainly known for their, their rigs and base plates and top plates and mounts, both doing what look like beautiful, beautifully made, uh, all-in-one uh, focus zoom iris wireless, um, wireless, wireless, wireless controllers and the motors. Um, no pricing. I don't have any pricing on the Tilter one, but the photos need to be seen to be believed. They're just they're, it's, this is stunning. They're, they're, neither of these are your average knockoff kind of uh, quality build items, from what I can tell so far. The Movcam one is probably going to be uh, is a few months away and will be sub ten grand. Most of um, uh, I imagine probably a lot a lot more than uh, than in the very low sub 10 grand mode I'd say given that C-Motion make, make a very good professional one for about 7 or 8 grand so uh, I didn't get a pricing on the Tilted one but uh, it, there is definitely a lot of remote focus options coming out uh, um, in, in the lower end but in, with, with what looks like no sacrifice in in quality, you know, they all have uh, beautiful beautiful finish and the ability, especially the Movcam one, actually have the ability to split it apart just go with focus only, or just go with focus and iris, or you know, completely. It's got to have a large, had a large uh, electroluminescent display, which you can pop that off as well. So you can really customize it to what you're doing, and not not carry anything you don't want to. Beautifully done, well done, Mothcam. Love that company. 
So was there a trend that you would sort of say this year? Uh, was there everyone rushing to 4K? Was it everyone <coughs> rushing to... I mean, last year, Movie was really the hot item. I think uh, the trend was probably me too. You know, there was a lot of copycat stuff. Uh, I say copycat, but, you know, in so much as a lot of people making similar stuff. I think we got to the point where the gear that's out there is very good and rather than people really needing to completely... Uh, reinvent the game. They're all just joining in the game, as we've seen with Aja doing you know, their camera um, and uh, uh, Blackmagic very much improving their offerings. Uh, and in the and in the rig space, lots of Me Too, lots of Me Too movies, uh, Me Too follow focuses, and all of it. What I'm seeing is that the quality is 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 getting there. There's, there's, uh, even with the knockoff, lower knockoff brands. They're all, you know, there's a lot of quality gear out there, and I'm sure there's a lot of traps, and there'll be a lot of, lot of, lot of issues, and you've got to, you know, buy everywhere with all of this stuff. Uh, one other quick little thing I think, which is quite cool, was the Atomos. Uh, sorry, let me get grab the brochure in front of me. The little baby Atomos recorder, which doesn't have a screen. The Ninja Star, two hundred and ninety-five dollars, uh, records ProRes HD. It only uses Mini HD, Mini HDMI. Uh, or micro HDMI, mini H, I think, yeah, micro HDMI, I believe. So you can actually record 4K. Oh, you can record HD ProRes out of the, uh, say, something like the Sony A7R, uh, A7S, or a, basically anything that gives you a clean output. And you can record ProRes. You can record ProRes out of a um, uh, out of a GoPro. So it's uh, and very clever and very cheap, and just runs runs for hours off a. Um, Nikon or Canon battery on the back of it. It takes the record flag from the camera, so when you roll the camera, it will actually record. Uh, the trick being with not having a screen, you need you double check that uh, you need to be sure that there is a signal coming in. So it has LEDs on it that let you know what format it's receiving and the fact that it is getting a clean signal. And so if there's any dropout in the cable, you just need to look over. You need to keep checking it, of course. Um, you don't quite have that confidence uh, as you would with a Jason, monitor. what's your vibe though? Because but, I've got to say, just speaking um, bluntly, they, yeah. the Atomos stuff has disappointed me. I've not, I've heard a they couple of been, people. They have had their issues, yes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting s- a bit, they're getting better. They are improving. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think they, they, they are a very much bigger company now. They, uh, you know, they can no longer say that we're, you know, we're a startup or we're a newbie on this. Uh, they can, they, they can't, they can't, and they've got a lot of competition, so they can't really. Uh, they're starting to investigate other media like the CFast modules, which you can use, which they use in this, um, in the Ninja Star. Uh, but they definitely, you know, they, they need, they, they know they have need to lift their game. Stuff is getting much more, more stable. Um, and they're bringing out. They've brought out a 4K recording option as well, much like the uh, coherent, uh, the Odyssey Q7. So that's coming. That's coming soon. I think it's a couple of grand. I think coming coming in a few in a couple of months. Everything's a couple of months. But I've got I think to say the, the Codex stuff. The, the Codex stuff seems really robust, and the Codex stuff seems really bulletproof. It's, yeah. yeah. I haven't got that same level of. Uh, Faith in the Atomos stuff. Maybe you know time will change, but I mean it's all very well it's being cheap. But if it, it's cheaper well, stuff, it's yeah. cheaper than sound devices stuff, of course. It's it's uh, you know, but it's answering uh, answering a need for that lower end of the market and mid end of the market. Uh, and I think they have largely 
Um, I doubt most of their, their faults and bugs, but uh, I'm not speaking from ownership. Uh, See, I've got to say, the sound devices picks, like the 240i, yeah. that that is a, I mean, a robust, bulletproof, just like magnificent piece of like gear. It's a piece of aviation hardware. Like I've got one of those, and I yeah. I swear by it. Um, yeah. A couple of people I know, DOPs returned their early Atmoses. It may have been an early issue, yes. but it's not just about being cheap and cheery. I think it's you know, I, it's just so disappointing if a record doesn't work. Yeah, um, and yeah. the sound devices box does more than just record. It does a lot of more than transport. disappointing. I would well, say. you know what I mean. It's like if you've got problems at that level, it's it's devastating. Yeah. So uh, I think that's pretty much my, the top level view is that there's there's a lot of it's a bit of a stabilizing. There wasn't quite so many amazing breakout, you know, stunners. Uh, we're seeing some general improvement in gear, general improvement in options for gear, uh, and and uh, and a high quality of options. So time will tell on a lot of these things. We need to see what's going to ha- how this imagery is going to come out of the the Azure Scion and the um, Chion or whatever the Chioni, whatever you want to call it, and the the Ursa cameras. Time will tell with a lot of these things. But uh, I guess that's what uh, I guess that's what this stuff does. Was the show busy? Uh, it was incredibly busy for the first two days. It was much much nicer today on Wednesday and Thursday. is like a dream. You got Thursday if anyone wants. You, probably the two best days to go is. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, you could probably do it in a day and a half and uh, see most things, and you get a lot more time to talk to the people, talk to the vendors. They're not so stressed, they're not so overwhelmed. It's easier to get your hands on gear. It is very busy. It is very very busy, but uh, it, I don't think those first two days are any are any less busy than than previous years. Oh, uh, sorry, there was one other toy that, or not toy, a device that you flagged that I was curious to get a take on, which was the Solo Shot Two remote. Oh, robotic was, cameraman that thing. Was nuts. I that wanted was, to know how much it was. Uh, maybe you could explain it to us. But if you've got any idea on pricing, it was it'd be... weird little. It was. I I I whizzed past it. Didn't quite get the, the, the you know the full on the full even the Reader's Digest version. But what I can understand, it's a small little designed as almost like a little remote uh, head, or you just set up as a third or fourth camera, maybe on sports or on golf or on you know uh, uh, stunt work, uh, or where it's not safe to put a camera. It's a very small, almost like a little security size head, camera head, uh, with which you put other cameras on. And so it would go on a tripod and the camera would motion, go on it, is that right? It's a motion tracker, basically. Oh, it's a motion I, tracker. I think it must, yeah, there's, there's probably footage on their website, I imagine, of how, how it works. But literally, the, I saw shots of like, people water skiing over jumps, and it was basically, it was, it was basically tracking, tracking the motion. Uh, with the camera, and you know, it, it could sort of, you know, go a little bit off, off course here and there. But uh, for for um, it was quite impressive for what it was. It's very simple. It's not. It's not a. This is not a multi thousand dollar piece of equipment. Uh, it looked like it's only you know four or five hundred dollar or six or sub thousand dollar thing. Uh, but the footage I thought was was quite interesting, and it was a quirky idea. And I don't think it's ever been. Done before. It definitely was. Definitely is a bit of a niche item. It's not going to suit everyone, but uh, yeah, if we can try and source out the, um, the, hopefully put links in some sort of show notes there. We can, um, yeah. It's it's yeah, it was an int- it was an interesting piece of uh, out out sort of in the back end of like in in sort of crazy town where they have all the or Korean town. It's, it's kind of there's an awful lot of weird 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 wonderful stuff up the back. Uh, hiding up the back and it's all quite dense and quite close together and you really have to concentrate and yeah no matter how many times you walk past it's uh, 
definitely um, you can definitely still miss this stuff. But yeah, I that was that, that was a very intriguing thing. Again, one of those things you have to see it to believe it. Otherwise, you you just easily would just walk past that. And it's not something I've ever heard of or seen on any blogs or uh, you know. There's only one way to see this stuff, really. Well, the the what I did when I um, just as you've been talking is I uh, had a look on their website because you said that videos might be there, and I, I'm intrigued to see that the that the uh, solo shot soloshot.com yes yeah, yeah, shot is like $500 um pan only is $400 wow that's, that um, looks pretty well made actually really for what it is it? Uh, mm-hmm. I I can only imagine that it has to be looking at the video source to do what it's doing I think it would have to or um, I'm not sure and it's, yeah. it's 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 impressive and you, and it's camera agnostic really as long as it's not too big because it is actually a small pan and tilt head so you know you can't go putting an epic on this thing but right. uh, you, either, neither would you want to I wonder if it would hold an slr sort of well i think it's sort of that kind of weight one uh a small slr i think i could definitely do and there's yeah i think it could could uh could do an slr yeah yeah uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, not, was... it's not it's not panning and tilting. It's not, it's not doing thousands of degrees. It's only sort of you know ninety, you know ninety degrees up up and left and right and pan and tilt. So, and it's following based on motion or based on the person that has has a sensor in their pocket that it's no, that's completely based on on the motion. This could be tracking right. wildlife or people. You know, again, people water skiing with nothing wearing them. It's literally just going on on uh, on on just you know. Uh, yeah, motion tracking, object tracking. Right. Very clever. Well, so a good show. Were you glad you went? Good show. Yes, glad I went. Very good. And, of course, obviously the best bit is meetups and, and parties and, and uh, catching up with people and people that I haven't seen for a while and people that I haven't seen for more than since the last NAB. Was there a uh, red function? So I don't know. You didn't? Not, so red didn't really figure on the... Right. I didn't spend an awful lot of time in the red in the red booth, unfortunately. Uh, there was a couple of little uh, things that I quickly looked at, like the little side, um, I think what it's called, slingshot or something, the side little side panel, which replaces the side handle on your Epic, uh, basically gives you some readout and the display and uh, gives you control. Well, yeah, basically, it gives you like the little joypad control, all of the controls for setting functions of the camera that the side handle does, but without the bulk of the side handle and without the functionality of being able to put a battery in it. Very, I guess it's like a little... Um, assistance, a camera assistance panel on the other side of the camera to let them set functionality, much like as you do on the opposite side, uh, on the non-assistant side of uh, an Alexa. So I know that the Black Magic, where we started the podcast, the Black Magic booth was pretty busy. Uh, oh. Were Ari and Red busy? Even two days later after the opening, it was still mammoth because it's right there. It's huge and it's right by the front door, so mm. everyone gets right to it. Was uh, Ari and Red busy, or were they booths? Uh, yes, they were all. Uh, Red was Red was Red was yeah, Red was still busy. They were uh, doing. <laughs> they were doing. Uh, they were pushing the stills side of things. Actually, pushing the stills in motion because they now got a functionality where you can uh, roll vision, but press an assignable handle, even the roll button on the side handle. And use that as a, as we've talked about in the past, I think what we thought would be a good idea, like a marker trigger. So right. you can basically fire pretend photos. Uh, and they were t- showing the whole workflow. They had a very expensive $30,000 or so bubble jet printer. 
and printing out quite big printouts of you know the 18 mega 18 megapixel um, photos that the that the dragon does. Uh, dragon, yeah, I can't remember which one it was. But 18 megapixel, 80 megapixel shots of uh, basically doing a you know a catwalk model model fashion shoot, and uh, yeah, so that was an interesting and successful demo, and quite popular with the lads. Quite popular with the lads. Down the Manor Squire. So it was, uh, yeah, that was that was um, added to the popularity of their booth because largely there wasn't, I mean, there's a couple of things to demo, but on the whole, it was more of a meet, meet and greet, uh, you know, area than, than anything else. Well, it's been terrific catching up with you, Jace. I know that you've got a function to get to, so and, I do, and, uh, we're running I'm late. I go. Uh, well, no doubt do another show when we get back properly, and I've had time to settle in, and maybe with the dust to settle on some of the announcements, and maybe forgot a few more information. Look, there's a few other things I saw, and I've still got I've still got another half a day tomorrow in the show, so who knows what I'll find. And we'll do a bit of a more, less, less, less uh, harried and uh, less less hungover, perhaps, uh, version <laughs> of the show. Yeah, I mean, some of these things, it would be great, uh, and I don't know if we can do this, but it would obviously be great to get them in testing that uh, motion follow thing. I mean, uh, you know, how smooth and stuff it is, you just can't tell. Um, yeah. But we can get to all of that and more coming up uh, in uh, the next RC podcast. Until then, I'm Mike Seymour. You can follow me on Twitter as Mike Seymour. I am Wingrove. Yes, I am twitter.com Wingrove or my website, wingrove.tv. And again, thank you so much uh, for your uh, your pics and stuff. And we'll post those pretty little little on the crude side you, compared to your normal photography, Jace. But we'll post those on the website. Or uh, I went a little bit more commando this time. I didn't even take a camera, partly because I'd sold most of them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just shot it all on the iPhone. Sorry, but there, there you, know, you get the idea. Okay. And it's you know fodder for more searching and your own your own personal googling and uh, research. And my and my friend, I hope you have a better flight back than we did uh, a couple of oh, NABs yes. ago. Oh, and yes. I'll see you when you land, my friend. Thank you. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody. Have a have a great uh, have a great break. Catch you on the other side. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide LLC.